0: Welcome to the Book Snarks Podcast, where hosts Crystal and Heidi talk about the books that keep us all up at night. Welcome to the Book Snarks Podcast. Today, we are talking to Chelsea Ann Tompkins. She is a debut novelist author of A Conduit of Light that came out recently, a couple months ago, actually. And I am so excited to share this conversation with you guys. It is amazing. This is a spoiler free conversation. If you've not read her book yet, that's totally fine. We are not spoiling it for you. We're just convincing you to read it really and telling you how amazing it is and talking through her inspirations and her, we're digging into her brain. See where where the story grew. Before we jump into that conversation, I just want to say, please, if you love us, if you like listening, share with a friend, leave a review, join us on socials. The conversations are always so good. And thank you. Gratitude from the bottom the bottom of my heart to uh, everyone that has already done so and is already a part of our little book talk community or book club community, book snarks community, I should say um it's it's just so it's so fun to be a part of this uh and without further ado the conversation with chelsea ann tompkins well first of all chelsea ann tompkins thank you so much for joining i'm so glad you're here so happy to be here it's so exciting fun it's gonna be a great conversation yeah uh just teeing you up chelsea ann tompkins debut author of a conduit of light which was released on november 1st 2023 it's the first of a series by the same name right
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yes and it's high fantasy high fantasy romance it's got a very cool magic system close Mm -hmm. proximity multiple pov which i love and is an instant add to the tbr Mm -hmm. amazing female lead Basically, all the elements we love. I'm gonna let Chelsea (laughs) tee us up. She's gonna give you her elevator pitch, her spoiler free synopsis of the book. But before I do that, I want to read some of these Goodreads reviews. Oh, so cute. Okay, I didn't (laughs) know
1: you were gonna do that. Okay,
0: I'm doing it first. (laughs) This book has blown me away. It was such a different read from what I normally read, but in a good way. I was with this book from start to finish. I was fascinated by the story and its beauty. I truly loved it. Five stars. Next one. I didn't want this book to end. I enjoyed it so much. Nothing felt forced in a world so beautifully written. Five stars. Next one. A book so beautiful that my heart literally cannot take it. Five stars. <laughs> there are more five-star reviews than I can read on this podcast, but I want to read one more okay this book was a solid 10 out of 10 the world building the characters the storyline are crafted in elegant detail truly just one more chapter kind of book that was so hard to put down five stars whoo chelsea congratulations
1: thank you that is so sweet like hearing you know like i go and i read them um, or my husband will be like, Oh, you need to go look at that. But uh, just hearing somebody say it back to me is like,
0: Oh, oh so shit, cool. I did that. <laughs> it's definitely,
1: pretty- it. it's Man, shocking.
0: I'm very, I'm so happy for you. And that's it's so awesome. Thank so you. Awesome. A Thank you. Light, brilliant book brilliantly written. So with <sighs> that, want to give us your summary?
1: Absolutely. Uh, and I'm going to do this. I've been thinking about how to do this because there are so many twists and um, just like little bread crumb, crumbs that I leave and that suddenly click and make sense that it's it's actually really, it's a difficult book to talk about. And if you look through those reviews, it's so funny when you've read it because you see how people are like trying to get around <laughs> some big events in the book, right. but um, a conduit of light is high fantasy. It takes place on an aisle where um there are people who can siphon magic from Felgren forest their Their magic comes from literal trees, which is really cool and not something. I've ever read before. I was like, this is an interesting idea. Like, let's go with this. And uh, so those people are called channelers. They channel their magic from this forest. And at certain points of time, there is um, a baron in this forest. He trains these channelers to become conduits. And conduits are people who basically use magic as their job. So they're like doctors. They are like... Uh, farmers. Some of them work with like cattle and animals. And um, another set of conduits works with like stonework, finding like veins of gold and silver and stones on the isle to mine. And so the baron trains these channelers into conduits and then sends them back into the isle to work uh, for their job. Well, (laughs) in A Conduit of Light, the very first chapter, we meet Ash'ara, who has never desired to go train in this forest. She's actually been taught her whole life to kind of suppress her magic. And suddenly there's a huge, uh, just a really rampant deadly disease that hits her city of Hyrithia, and it's just like killing people off. And one of the people that it hits is her, kind of like, it's like a adopted brother, Uh, who happens to be the prince of the queen. And when he gets this disease, suddenly the queen is very interested in curing it because her son's about to die. And the Baron, Baron Heimlin of Belgrin forest comes and he basically says like, I will cure this for you. I have the power to do that, but you have to give me Ashara to come train. And so she ends up being the payment for this cure. And so she's forced into this forest and forced into this new life that uh, she just never wanted. And so it's it's really fun, those first few chapters with Ash, because she's so resistant. You know, she's that FMC where we're just like, you you do it, girl. You you just tell them off, you know? <laughs> so yeah,
0: the FMC we all love to see.
1: Exactly. And the, and the one I think a lot of us see in ourselves when we're resistant to this, these, um, things that are put upon us and forced upon us. And I think a lot of people really connected with Ash and seeing that and seeing her struggle because she actually, she goes to Felgren and she realizes, Oh, you know, this is actually where I belong because she's siphoning that magic and she's feeling this forest that is just beautiful. You know, a lot of those reviews were talking about how beautiful it is. It's because, um, a lot of the way I'm describing this forest and this enchanted library that she eventually gets to go to, it's just, it's very descriptive, detailed. Um, a lot of my writing is a little flowery, I guess you could say, (laughs) (laughs) um, a lot of like metaphors and things like that. But as she goes to this forest, she just starts to realize, okay, like maybe, maybe there's a reason I'm here And eventually this Baron reveals to her there, there's something wrong in Felgren, and he's telling her, you're going to help me save this forest. And so there's a real reason why he particularly wanted her there. And so that's one of the POVs. (laughs) That's Ash's story. (laughs) And uh, there's two others. The second one is Karis. Karis is just like this huge mystery. She, first time we meet her, she's just kind of, lost in this forest and just she's not lost as in like she doesn't know where she is but she's lost in her mental health she's she's struggling and you see that really early on and um she has lived there for years and she finds this stone in a dead tree and the stone has magic properties and it starts to kind of awaken feelings and, and some memories that have been hidden from her. And she's realizing that she's actually playing a big role in saving this forest as well. And then of course the MMC rev, we get his point of view later on, which is, it is so fun. I don't know how I would ever write a book without having a point of view from the love interest, because you get so much, um, You get so much more of the romance of the story when you get his point of view, or if it was a woman from her point of view, it's, it is one of my favorite things to write, honestly. And I think a lot of my readers are like, oh God, Rev, you know, it's, it's so interesting to read that, that love interest point of view and how much he just pines for her. He really does. And all the things he does for her. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. And that's me talking around a ton of spoilers, you know, and I, like I said, there's a lot of little breadcrumbs and little pieces I leave behind that you're kind of like, is this what's going on? And then it snaps into place about halfway through the book. And it's just, it's a roller coaster from there.
0: I love it so much. I mean, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold when I read your Goodreads review. I was sold when I read the synopsis. But hearing you explain it, it's just so well-developed and your world building what 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 draws the inspiration for your world building where do you get that from
1: yeah so i uh well first of all i just since a young age fantasy anything has been my life right like that's all i ever read as a kid harry potter um lord of the rings the hobbit was like one of my favorite books outlander when i was a teenager like just this whole magic fantasy thing is not new to me. <laughs> um, and it, when I got into college, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons consistently. And <laughs> right. I will tell everybody, if you want to be a fantasy author that is great at world building, go be a dungeon master because it, <laughs> it, it forces you to create this fantasy world and this fantasy setting. I would say any kind of role playing tabletop RPG game is going to force you as an author to really get into this world, be these characters and, and be in this environment that you make up, or you can, you know, do a campaign or whatever, something pre-written. But all of that is such a huge inspiration. And then living in Seattle, as you know, the trees and the forests, like the paths oh, yeah. you can take here, it's just, it, it, it feels like another world the moss that grows on the side of the trees and the, you know, the vines that wind up, you know, it's just, it's so beautiful. It it does not take, I just can walk out the back door and get inspiration for Felgrin here. (laughs)
0: Honestly. I love that so much. And Mm then the trees there actually are very like old ginkgo, for example, can only really be found there in the United States that I'm Mm -hmm. aware of. And that's one of the oldest, the stories the trees have to tell is what I'm getting at. It's 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 it feels ancient in a way. It really, does you know, when
1: you really can bad. see when you can go down a path around here and you see these massive trunks of these trees and you just think like, how long have you been here? You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. a story you're telling and it feels magical in a way it really does and it makes me feel small and <laughs> it's like wow you know I want to tell their story and so some of that is definitely in Felgren forest for sure some of that feeling yeah. mm-hmm.
0: so you drew inspiration from your own setting I did <laughs> what about for the characters where where did that inspiration come from
1: I uh, you know so so caris um who has kind of lost her memories and things like that a lot of that I drew from the time during COVID when, um, you know, we were so isolated and I was raising a stay at home mom, raising two very young children, including, um, a baby baby who like just turned one and just, you know, being apart from family and friends, and and not getting out and things like that, and some other big events happened in my life. It, I fell into depression, and I had that for years. And writing this book was part of therapy for me. Not only just a therapist, which is great um, to have. I appreciate her very much for helping me through um, these hardships in my life, but. One of the things I remember the most from having those depression episodes was not being able to hold on to memories, mm-hmm. and and when I think about that and I think about Karis's story, um, and just how much she doesn't remember a lot of what happened to her, I just really wanted to portray that that it's really difficult to go through your life knowing. That there were these amazing events that happened to you including like my daughter's second year of life that i just i don't remember very well and i wanted to connect people to that and i think a lot of people did and saw that karis has like some mental health um things going on so there's that and then you know with ash it's like a lot of me in a nutshell <laughs> just like putting it out there and then revik is just like the cinnamon roll mmc who you love to love you know and you really appreciate who he is you know one of the things I want to make sure I put in because I appreciate this about my own husband is um rev thinks ahead (laughs) you know men in your life where they have the foresight they think ahead like you mention oh my head's hurting this morning and boom they're downstairs they have a cup of tea waiting you know what I mean that that it's like something so simple and yet it's actually a really big deal. And so Rev has a lot of those qualities as a character that I wanted to I put that. in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's so sweet. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's a sweetie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Really I love that. Cause I think that brilliant writers always draw from the people in their mm-hmm. lives. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I do want to circle back to your take on motherhood and in, mm. in purgatory I think it wasn't called Purgatory during uh, COVID. I think it was called Quarantine. But I think it's an accurate, accurate description potato. at this point, right? <laughs> <laughs> and for young mothers, I think that's really, really relatable. And that you were able to draw uh, inspiration from that and put it in a book is... I want to tie that to the reason women, mm-hmm. young mothers, or mothers of young children read fantasy mm. is too... Get that therapy. Yeah. You know?
1: Absolutely. I'm glad that
0: you tied that to it because for me, that reading in quarantine was amazing. It was Mm -hmm. pivotal Mm -hmm. in my mental health Mm -hmm. success through that era. Yeah. It was tough. It was
1: tough. It was, it was, it was very, very difficult. I I think, I 100% think you're correct. And I think women especially connect to these other women in these books because they're out there they're doing it right they they have these these setbacks and these things that are just weighing on them and we get to see them thrive and we all want that. We all want to be able to chase our dreams, right? Like you're doing, like I'm doing. And we and we just right. we connect with these women in these books so well. And and just the fact that it's a fantasy magical world, like who doesn't want to escape into that? Right. <laughs> you know?
0: Nobody's going to experience that in real life. This is the only way we get to experience that is by reading these stories. So Exactly. It's, exactly. It's an important part of our culture, I think. Yeah. Well, so you didn't start writing this book until during or after quarantine. Um, so the concept kind of
1: came. Uh, well, actually, the first the first chapter actually came to me in a dream. There was this woman, and she kept, you know, being taken away, and and I didn't know who she was. I woke up, and I immediately wrote it down. And it's fun to read that now. My notes on that. I'm like, wow, look what that did. It like took things off. I have really vivid dreams, but. Um, I started just kind of during quarantine processing who who she was. And, you know, I, I always knew I was going to be a writer. This was no, there's no way I wasn't. It was just a matter of when.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just so happened that some things happened in my life that were pretty devastating that really pushed me, <laughs> just like our favorite FMCs, right? Really pushed me into yeah. doing this thing I've wanted to do. And so the concept of Ash and Karis and Rev just kind of came slowly over quarantine and I would just write notes every once in a while. But it wasn't until um, my daughter, so my youngest, got into preschool two hours every morning that I was like, okay, I'm, what am I going to do with those two hours? This precious precious two hours i actually have to myself what am i gonna do because i'm just a person who's like i must do something i must be productive um and so i was like i'm gonna sit down and write this book and so i did and it was about six months of doing that and i finally had a first draft and it like i said it was really therapeutic and healing to write this book and it also just broke me in two. At a lot of the time, it, this book is, it is, it is heartbreaking at times. It really is. I think, especially with the way it is written, it's pretty unique. It's actually written in first person and third person. Not So not only multiple points of view, but it's written in two different um, ways using, yeah, perspectives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's so, that's so different. That's so unique. It's like this new thing. I was like, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> it's was like, I don't yeah. care. I'm just doing this. And my editor was like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure about this? Maybe we shouldn't do this. And I said, you know what? This is a hill I'm going to die on and I will gladly perish there. I'm doing this. And a lot of people who have read it are like, it had to be done that way because there's a real reason. And some other people are like, oh, I didn't really like that. But, but either way, I'm just so proud that I tried something new and different and I just went for it. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> really? I, I am proud that you did that too. Yeah, Because there's so many rigorous standards on the writing industry that they, the POV has to be standard and this mm-hmm. has to be standard and you can't mind top. And, yeah, you know, there's all these guidelines and it can be so confusing for writers, especially new writers who are navigating that world. And the fact that you said, nah, I'm just going to do it my own way. Evolve. That's how the industry evolves. And I'm, I'm glad you did that. Cause I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna stick. I, I, and I'm it, sure when you write new books, it'll <laughs> stick too. Yeah. And, and
1: I think too, I don't know. I, I really enjoy reading books that just have some kind of a different element. You know, some things just like, it doesn't have to be a big deal, but some things like, Ooh, that's interesting. You know, I've never read that before. Yeah. That's, that's, I wanted to do that. I was like, if I'm going to write this book, like I'm going to be like t- typical Chelsea, I'm going to be different about it. Good. <laughs> right? that's, pretty, that's pretty on brand for me. Um, but you know, and the second book, which comes out May 7th, uh, Baron of Bonds is not written in, it's multiple point of view, but it's not written first and third, um, but in typical fashion of the first book, there is something going on in the background that you don't discover until much later. So it's got that element piece as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, for the series in general, how, how many books is the series going to be?
1: It's three books. Okay. And um, I've actually been talking to a couple of my girlfriends who've read it and they're like, oh, I just, you know, they've mentioned, I want to see um, the certain point in Ash's time. I want to see more of that. I wanted more. And so, you know, I've been thinking like, Oh, it'd be really cool to have like a novella from yeah. like a different point of view during Ash's time and that time. So it's possible that there will be a novella some at some point, but I do plan to, so I have the second book out in May. I want the final book out in December and then move on to this new series that just this MMC in this new series does not shut up. Like he, I have notes on my phone. It's called like, tell us about it. It's called the guy who's too loud. Like stop talking to me. Um, <laughs> the, it's it's uh, it, it would be a world set um in like, in like a, a, dark magic light magic kind of a thing but in this world there are fae who use music as their magic i guess i'm really into magic systems where we're using a piece from our environment to draw (laughs) i'm realizing that now but these (laughs) fae use music as part of their magic and um and and that mmc is definitely a uh more of a a lot of the ones we see in fantasy these days where you know he's rough and harsh and he's kind of rude and and mean and he's got like some you know backhanded compliments sometimes <laughs> but then like we realize like oh he totally is in love with her though You know, that kind of right thing. he's broody but yeah he, definitely he a broody that. guy Rev is Rev's not like that um, really at all. He's, he's like really charming and sweet and he's a very different kind of MMC I think <laughs> than a lot of what's really popular right now.
0: Okay. Well, you got, you got a lot of years planned in your writing oh, journey. Oh yeah.
1: We're just going.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's I no stopping it. the train. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask some questions for, um, Our budding authors, because I have a lot of uh, authors that listen and follow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, your editing process, your inspirations—tell us some things that you think they could benefit from.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I think the best thing I could say is because you know I I do hear a lot of authors, newer authors, talk about writer's block, and. It's a very real thing where you're sitting there in front of your keyboard and you're just like, I don't know, then what happens? Um, For me, I'm not much of a plotter and certainly a pantser where I just write by the seat of my pants. I don't know. I'm sitting down that day. I have a general idea of what's happening in this story, but I don't know a lot until it really just comes out. And so I think the best advice I was ever given and could give is just to write it. If it's crap, if it's terrible, who cares? You can come back. Who cares? The most important thing is getting out the story. Because once you have the whole story, it will change so much by the time it's actually published. It will change drastically. You will take things out. You will put things in. You will connect things that you didn't realize you were supposed to connect. And then you're like, oh, shoot. That's why I wrote that. Because this goes with it. You know... It's like the meme of the guy with like the little red tape all along the wall. And he's like, no, listen to my theories. It feels like that sometimes when you're just connecting these different plot points and things people said before that you bring back in. So I, th- I really think for new writers, just write it. Just do it. There are points where I write something and I'm like, this is a terrible scene. This is crap. I have this little song I sing where I'm like, this is crap. This is crap. Like, and I'm just <laughs> writing it anyway because the most important thing is to finish the story because you can always come back and fix it. You
0: can edit always. That out. I think that's yeah. great, advice. I think you that's great add, advice.
1: You can add, you take out. Yeah, it's awesome. And I, I'm a big sticky note person. You can't see my area, like behind me, it looks fabulous. In front of me, it looks <laughs> like a tornado. <laughs> my desk. There are. I'm not kidding you. Probably over a hundred sticky notes around me with just little things i've jotted down um (laughs) so however you know however whatever feels good for you to as far as as you want to organize your notes and your thinking and um the different plot points just do whatever works for you who cares what it looks like who cares if it's a disaster like me or if it's like a very detailed outline awesome do what works for you
0: yeah i think that's really great advice i love that a lot um I think we're getting ready to wrap up, but I do want to know, and this is really important because I think you're going to be a huge success and star, and this is going to be, thank you. This is going to be our viral track. Okay. So tell me something about Ash Mm -hmm. that no reader would know that you left out of the books, but that you know as her best friend.
1: Oh, Something about Ash that—that's a good question. Um, <laughs> Ash, Red. Ash is one of those little girls when she was little who observed everything, and with that, she's like very good at uh, very good at observing people, and and you know she's kind of like that empath thing. And so she, she would use that to her advantage and sneak treats from the pantries, any kind of sweets she could get a hold of. She used it to her advantage to figure out when people weren't paying attention or she would distract them and get in there, hide chocolate in her room, <laughs> things <laughs> like that. Part of that inspiration, too, is my daughter is actually 100% like that. She will put on all the charm. To get a chocolate caramel. Yeah. Part. Yeah. But
0: then she, but, but she's learning to know yeah. your behavior. Yeah. And one Exactly. To
1: ask. <laughs> she's too clever by half, honestly, <laughs> that little girl. But uh, I wrote Ash in a similar way and I kind of hint about that a lot. So that's something that's not in the book that definitely Ash would have done as a young girl. used <laughs> to her advantage.
0: <laughs> I love that. Oh love that. That's awesome. And I mean, same. So, I know, right? You <laughs>
1: can kid. relate to that for sure.
0: <laughs> I just
1: do it more blatantly now, grabbing treats from the pantry. <laughs> Don't need to sneak them.
0: Right. Yeah. When you become a, when, you, when you're adulting. Mm-hmm. But she sees that. She knows that when she's adulting, she's going to grab the cookies too.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: um, okay. Okay. Do you have any other things you want to share?
1: I do actually, and I wrote a sticky <laughs> note.
0: Imagine okay. that—it's a sticky
1: note. I love that. I love that. <laughs> uh, so, *A Baron of Bonds*, the second book, is coming out on May seventh, and I'm actually—I'm really excited because by the time this comes out, um, it will be there'll be more news about this. But there is a book-themed con happening in August of 2025. It's brand new. It's called *Once Upon a Con*. And I'm friends with one of the co-chairs and um, another one of my friends who's on the board. And I will be there as an author um, in, in quite a few capacities. Actually, I will be there. It's in Lancaster, Pennsylvania this year. There, it, and it's all fantasy themed. So there will be a bunch of indie authors there. You can go find them once upon a con. They're on Instagram, they're on TikTok. I'm really big on cons. I love them. um This is definitely one you want to do. There's a fantasy ball. We're going to be in love fantasy that. dresses, and it's going to be amazing um there so there's more stuff i just don't want to talk about it yet but there's also going to be a really fun thing with fourth wing where you can gather your friends and you can go on a mission basically um like you're a cadet so there's just a lot of fun events and panels and things like that so that is happening lancaster pennsylvania um august of 2025 you can get your tickets now it's gonna be great
0: are you going to narrate your own book I, yeah,
1: I, I, I would love to, I would love, love, love to, however, I don't, um, I don't think I just have the setup for it. I, I, part of my editing process is reading the book aloud to myself. And sometimes I'll lean in. I'm like, Oh my God, this is a fucking amazing book. Okay. (laughs) It's just like, it's so fun to listen to yourself, talk about it. But at this point in time, I've met so many talented, talented audiobook narrators on TikTok, especially where I'm like, I just, I ha, I'm going to give it to them at some point and hire them. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping to have that out actually by Once Upon a Con. I'm hoping to have at least the first book as an audiobook by then. But I don't think I'm going to narrate myself because I'm not set up for it. But um, gosh, it, it'll be done right. It'll be done right. Because yeah. I've oh, got I'm, some amazing sure people. That. I'm going to sure. beg. I- Beg, please do please narrate my audiobook because you're so amazing.
0: I love this so much. Well, we will absolutely boost you on Booksnarks because I think it's thank gonna you. Be, it's going to be big. It's going to be big, Shelby. So.
1: That's the plan because then you know I need to give you more of these other worlds I've got swimming in my head. So
0: I, yeah, I want to read a condo to flight
1: if you if you love it, just like follow along and you know. Join me on socials <laughs> and stuff like that, and we'll just go through this together.
0: Yes, yes. And we will absolutely <laughs> tag all those socials and all the ats in the Thank show notes you. for Thank you. Listening. Jumping in here to give you a quick spoiler warning. Chelsea and I did get into a conversation about Sarah J. Moss and her Court of Thorns and Roses series. There is a little bit of a spoiler in this conversation, so I wanted to warn you before you move on. You've been warned. Please? start over with what you're saying about what i was saying
1: (laughs) is uh i think what sarah j moss has been able to do with these series that are so brilliant and full of these things that we love is that women especially not just women but but women especially have been able to fall into fandoms and become obsessed with something and that and it's acceptable and it's okay and we all get to you know, cause I'm a cast girl, but uh, we, we get, and just the way these characters develop in this fantasy setting in this fantasy world, it's like, she gave us something that we could all connect with. You know, I don't, I don't know anybody in my life. I know plenty of people in my life who don't read fantasy, but I don't know anybody in my life who would not be able to find a character she has written and not connect with them. Yeah. She's so good at that. And I, you know, I'm, I'm like a baby on my S, sjm. You know, <laughs> journey. But I, I just know from reading akatar twice now that I'm just I'm gonna be obsessed with throwing a glass and then I'm gonna be obsessed mm-hmm. with CC and I'm just gonna <laughs> be like I'm gonna be in all the message boards and the comments, like with all my deranged theories about all these things. But I think she really gave that to us and I and I just love that she was able to do that and and just break us all into these fantasy worlds and settings and
0: it's just acceptable, yes.
1: and and the community is so wonderful. We all just friggin' love each other. Yeah, we're like, yes, girl. You know, <laughs> and, yes. And,
0: this is and, so well said. And,
1: and and part of our culture now is being able to do this and support and lift each other up. And you know, I am so glad I live in a time where women can do this for each other. Because I am right there. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I'm like, meeting you yes. very randomly on a TikTok, and I'm like, girl, I will freaking die for you at this point i just <laughs> right right yes. i'm definitely a person like that but it's so great because so many of us are and we're just lifting each other and it's mm-hmm. beautiful it really is i love this community and i love what sjm has done for us she really gave I us something too. special
0: <laughs> she's yeah. a girl's girl she she's is a girls' girl and she yeah. writes characters who are girls girls and mm-hmm. she made a fandom open to brand new authors of fantasy yes yes who write girls girls Mm -hmm. and and readers and she's pushing in the right direction
1: she's inspired readers to become authors like it's just it's fantastic it really it's wonderful to be a part of it I feel like I'm a part of history right now just like oh I get to be in here I'm in (laughs) this this is really cool even if it's a minor little role I'm still like in it and I just I love love it it. Mm mm-hmm
0: and you're going to be, you're, I know I've said this several times, and I'll <laughs> to put it out, but you are going to be big and we're going to come back to this interview and it's going to be like, Crystal, you were the first one that got to interview Chelsea <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I well, know. If that, if that ever happens, <laughs> I'm really excited about it.
1: Uh, I hope that um, I could stay real about things, you know, and just, <laughs> and just keep, I, I hope that if I do have the success I want in this career that I use that to help lift other people, because, you know, if I, if I climb the stairs and I hit a certain landing, you know, I'm going to be my hands down there grabbing other people. Yeah, It's, that's what it is. That's what it's about for me. That's all I want to do is just like use my my gift my talent to then help other people rise up as well because why why would you why would you do anything other why would you okay. be apathetic why would you ever shut somebody down i don't understand that that is completely foreign <laughs> to me i don't get Yeah, it.
0: there's enough success in the world for everyone
1: there really is there the really is and it's like women when you... in the
0: industry is bringing absolutely
1: and when you get that community piece like everything's just better it just is, you know, you, and, and I just, I have a lot of plans.
0: I love it. <laughs> I'm glad I that this. you're
1: recognizing it. And I hope I'm portraying it correctly because I do, I have a lot of plans. And it's just like, I feel like I'm on a train and there's no stopping. Like we're going, we're going.
0: Keep it going. I'm Keep grabbing it going. all the cars I can behind me. Let's go. Heidi and I have a running bet mm. over is Asriel going to end up with Elaine or is Asriel going to end
1: up Ooh. with Gwen?
0: i i'm i'm a gwen real
1: for oh, sure God. i i am i am i i am i'm i'm really excited to learn more about his character because i think he's gonna be like really dark and messed up yeah,
0: <laughs> like right? definitely
1: like the darker side of romance but i'm i'm all i love gwen i think she's great i'm excited i do,
0: I do too but um i do think that you're wrong
1: She's gonna end up with lady. I I very well. It's more like I don't know if that's like what's gonna happen. This was just what I want to happen. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? So but... if Heidi
0: were here, she'd be in your camp mm. a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. and She'd tell me I'm wrong, but we shall see.
1: We will see. We'll all be so. <laughs> I think either way, it's gonna be amazing. Honestly, I'm real excited. Yeah, it's,
0: it's yeah, it's gonna be a great one. Okay, yeah. with that, Chelsea, I want to thank you from the bottom of my soul for being with us. This was such a fun conversation and I cannot wait to continue it with you. Thank you two, so much. Yep. Next series.
1: Next series. And
0: crossover? Any, any crossover that might happen. Who knows? I, you know, I,
1: <laughs> I can't tell you how much I would love to spoil all of this for you. Don't and we could just don't talk and me, I know everything and you know, nothing. And I'm just be like, and then this happens. I would love to do that. So don't even tempt me. Like we can't go there. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go there but thank you so much know. for inviting me I, this has been great um this yeah. is my first interview about the book it is, is
0: it's so fun
1: and I didn't spoil okay. anything so pat on the back I didn't have, so, <laughs> <laughs> didn't have any major spoilers which is amazing
0: well let's have you back for every book let's let's continue do it. our discussions and um until next time
1: okay thank you so much crystal awesome <laughs>
0: as always, thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Look for us on socials. We are on Instagram and TikTok at booksnarkspod. We are on YouTube. Find us there. Leave us your reviews. Leave us your comments. Leave us your questions. Till next time. Happy reading, y'all.